What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, it's super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. It's getting serious here, folks. All right, we're getting deep. Deep into this month, chances are... You've had at least one draft already. Prime draft season is, it's days away. And here's a little pro tip. We need to communicate these draft days to our loved ones. Today, I sat down and typed an email with all my remaining draft days and everything that would entail to my wife. Not quite sure how that's landed yet, but it's in her inbox and she knows it's there. And now she knows when the draft days are. So maybe I'll dial this back from pro tip to something that seems helpful I don't know. We'll see. We will see. With these drafts on the horizon, you need to know the inside scoop on the team we're talking about today. There's a potential quarterback controversy brewing, and we're going to find out how real that is. We're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I dialed up Joe Rudder. You can find him at Trib Joe Rudder on Twitter. He covers the Steelers for TribLive.com. He's going to give us the inside scoop on Mr. George Pickens, and he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Rudder. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for speaking with me once again. Oh, not a problem. All right, Joe. Well, I usually like to start with the offense as a whole first. The head coach, Mike Tomlin, had a juicy presser yesterday, leaving the door open for this weekend's preseason action to determine who was under center in week one for this team. Most people had free agent signing Mitch Trubisky, not even penciled, but written in pen to be the starter here. Now the door's open. From what you've seen in Herding Camp, uh, is this a real competition or, or was Tomlin maybe being coy on purpose here, not giving too much away quite yet? Yeah, I, I think as much as he's trying to say, that it's a competition. They, they've weighted this so heavily in Mitch Trubisky's favor. It would take an injury, I think, at this point for him not to open the season as the starting quarterback. He, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to play, if at all, in the preseason finale. But I would think that, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be the guy. It looks like Kenny Pickett has done enough to be the number two. And we're not, just not sure what's going to happen with Mason Rudolph at this point, whether he's still going to be on the team. But, yeah, I think it's all signs are Mitch Trubisky is going to be the guy. And what about uh, Trubisky and Pickett? Can you describe their camps a little bit? Mitch comes in looking to prove himself a little bit probably as a starter. And then Pickett is a guy I think everyone's curious to about uh, what things have been like on the ground there. Yeah, the interesting thing was neither of them really had a good start to the camp first week or two. Both of them struggled. Kenny Pickett, you kind of expect that as a quarterback in his first camp. Mitch Trubisky, I don't know if he was just trying to impress on a new team or maybe it was rust from not playing much last year, but he just really got off to a slow start. And Mason Rudolph was the best quarterback 
you know, probably about halfway through camp. But then once the game started, you know, Mitch Trubisky started playing better. Kenny Pickett has done some really good things in the times he's been in there. And, uh, you know, I think it's just fine. It's taken a while. Mitch Trubisky has played well. He's, you know, showed that rollout capability. Um, right now, the offensive line has not been getting the job done as they're trying to, you know, get the right guys in the right spots there. But Mitch Trubisky has been on the run a good bit. And that's what they wanted. They wanted somebody that can get out of the pocket make some plays with his legs to scramble, you know, find throws outside the pocket. And that's what we've seen Mitch Trubisky do so far, but really not by design, but mostly because he's been pressured. What do you think uh, Pickett's biggest strength is coming into the NFL right now? Well, he showed some poise in the pocket, and he's also made plays on the run, like Mitch Trubisky has. You know, he hasn't been afraid to do that. And, you know, he's also faced a lot of pressure. And I I think in that regard, they're both fairly similar. I would think one thing is Kenny Pickett has been very accurate on the run, especially throwing, you know, to his strong side. And, uh, you know, he, he maybe has come along a little faster than they thought, but I think the Steelers, you know, right now would like to just see him develop at a slow pace and not have a situation like with Ben Roethlisberger two decades ago where they were forced to throw him in because of injuries. Right. Uh, so, OK, that was my next question, because, you know, a lot of people seem to think things don't go well early on here. Mitch could be out and Pickett could be in, you know, within the first month. But, you know, what do you think? Is it a situation where if Mitch is, is keeping the ship afloat, he's going to be the guy all year? I would think as long as he's healthy and the team's winning, I think they have a chance to do that. Now, you know, with the offensive line being what it is, I'm wondering if the Steelers now you know, can count on having a healthy quarterback for all 17 games that you might have to go to your second or third guy. I think, you know, unless they get that going and develop a running game that, you know, it could be a matter of, you know, them going back and forth with different quarterbacks, but mainly because of health. I don't know um, if it would be a performance-based thing right now. I think they'd give Mitch Trubisky a little bit of time to settle in and show he, he can be the starting quarterback. Like I've, I've said a few times, it's that offensive line that's a big question mark. And if it doesn't come together, then Mitch Trubisky, you know, he could be uh, knocked out of a game at some point. Well, we've mentioned uh, this line is struggling a few times now, uh, Joe. How uh, you know how bad is it there with this offensive line? Well, they, they signed two interior free agents. They thought that was the best thing to do and move Kendrick Green out of the center spot to compete at left guard. He looked horrible against Jacksonville. Uh, was pulled after the first series to put Kevin Dotson in. And I think Kevin Dotson maybe did enough that he's going to win that job. But the free agents they brought in, Mason Cole from Minnesota and James Daniels from Chicago, haven't really stood out. They've been... Uh, you know, they haven't looked very good either. Um, now, I don't know whether it's the continuity of, you know, trying to, you know, fit all these five pieces together, but it's just right now, nobody on the offensive line is really playing well. Even the two holdovers from last year, Dan Moore and Chuk Sakura for. Well, that offensive line was a big question mark for, for fantasy gamers, and it sounds like that question is still unanswered. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger already as well, and, you know, obviously he's gone. Uh, but last year, you know, with Ben, they ran 75% of their plays uh, in that 11 personnel with three wide receivers. They have three studs, obviously, uh, this year. Should they trend that way again? Uh, but the A dot perhaps going up. Uh, this offense was uh, in the bottom third of the league in points and yards, despite being top nine in total plays last year. What's uh, offensive coordinator Matt Canada cooking up with this team? Well, I think he's going to use, you know, now that he has the mobile quarterback, I think he's going to have to still use more motion, get the quarterback on the run, maybe try to find the receivers in space. I think that bodes well for a Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, you've got George Pickens who had a you know a great start to camp. 
And then you've got uh, Chase Claypool back as well, who's looked really good so far. So you've got three pretty good options there. Now, the other thing I think they're going to do is use more two tight ends. Pat Fryer moves and Zach Gentry out of Michigan. He's going in his fourth year. He's six foot eight, and I think they like what they've seen from him and his development. That I think they could go to more two tight end sets this year to kind of mix things up. That sounds great with the tight ends, uh, but the Steelers have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Uh, and with Big Ben gone, lots of people are predicting a, a big shift in the dynamic. Although you you've mentioned uh, you know this might benefit Deontay Johnson, but I think people are expecting maybe less targets for him uh, as that kind of safety blanket for Ben last year and you know the rise of George Pickens in camp Chase Claypool you know he was a bit uneven last season although his catches and yards were in line from his rookie to sophomore year uh, 16800 there but the touchdowns did fall from nine to two people are excited for these wide receivers uh, what have you seen from these guys and you know how will this play out well Pickens has been tremendous I mean he's been as good as advertised he's done everything they've wanted him to do I mean you know he's just making ridiculous combat catches in the end zone his ball control has been exceptional uh you know he's they've been able to throw it up and he's been able to get up there and do that now Deontay Johnson I think he's a guy that if especially if Mitch Trubisky's on the run he's going to be a guy that they're going to try to maybe target in space and get his catches you know the wild card I guess will be Chase Claypool because of you know the drop off he had last year where even though his regular numbers catches and yards were fairly similar dipped slightly but the, the touchdowns dripped dramatically and I think they got to try to see what they can get from him downfield he's had a tendency to leave his feet too early and too often on routine balls I think they've really worked with him to try to stay grounded if he can um so yeah he's kind of the wild card but you know I the way Pickens is playing I think you know he's someone that could be targeted in fantasy drafts and I just I just got a feeling Deontay Johnson's gonna pile up numbers and catches you know yards I love it so okay so would it be Pickens and Johnson on the outside with Claypool playing a big slot or in the two tight end I guess Claypool wouldn't even be on the field yeah I would think well or they can move Pickens off too um you know I think they'll they'll do a good rotation and, and the other wild card is we haven't seen Calvin Austin yet who was having a really good camp showing his speed the fourth round pick from memphis but he's been hurt so i you know i just don't know you know where he's going to fit in here but once he's healthy you know that gives them another another dynamic not that i think he's going to be in the play early for fantasy players but i think he's someone you got to kind of keep you know keep on the radar you know either very late in your draft or you know watch on the waiver wire but uh, yeah with the two tight ends it's going to be interesting to see who does come off the field because one thing seems for sure certain that Najee Harris is not going to be one of them they're going to try to keep him on the field as much as possible well let's talk about Najee next running back Najee Harris had an eye-popping 381 touches last year for over 1600 scrimmage yards he chipped in 10 touchdowns uh, despite this he's only going in the second round of most drafts or late first uh, I think regression and the potential for other playmakers to make a mark is why but how has Najee looked and what's the outlook for his touch count it sounds like uh, the outlook is still still steady and often well I think his, his his touch count will probably come down for the fact that I don't think they want to give him as many as they did last year now the problem with that is you got to find somebody to take the snaps to be able to handle the ball on occasion and I'm not sure the Steelers know who that's going to be yet uh, Jalen Warren the rookie undrafted free agent from Oklahoma State has looked very well so far uh, they still have Benny Snell that I think can be a capable every down guy if 
there's an injury. They have Anthony McFarland, who, you know, who's a decent third down player. Um, you know, they've got some other options, but really nobody that you would say, okay, this is your definite number two if Najee Harris gets hurt. I think they want to, you know, limit his touches. And the other thing, if you draft Najee Harris, you got to worry about, as I've mentioned, this offensive line. You know, they rushed 14 times for 24 yards against Jacksonville, and you take away two, one run by Trubisky, one run by a receiver, and I think he had three yards rushing, uh, you know, for the whole game there. Right. I think a big knock, too, on Najee is the lack of chunk plays. You know, I don't believe he didn't have that many you know, runs over 20 yards last season. Would you think that he could pop more of those, or is it going to be a struggle to get those chunk plays for Najee? Well, I think if the line doesn't improve, it's going to be a struggle like it was last year. Toward the end of last year, he really started to seem like he was finding his groove. He was getting longer runs. Um, he was starting to display that, you know, that, you know, things seemed like they were maybe coming together a little bit more with him and the way the offense was going. Now the one issue in his camp is he's had a foot injury. He hasn't played in any preseason games. We don't know if he's even going to play in this third preseason game. And they've, you know, they've kind of really limited him, which I guess you want to do knowing that he's going to be your stud running back going into the season. Um, but, uh, you know, so maybe, he, maybe you expect he could get off to a slow start because he hasn't really warmed up to anything. But, you know, right now he is, you know, the only game in town as far as running backs for them. And the word on the street is that the, the foot injury is trending up. Uh, that, that shouldn't be a, a big deal. Or, or what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I, I think he's past that. I think they're just being really precautious now. And just, you know, that's one guy on offense you really don't want to see get hurt because you don't really have anything proven behind him. So they're just taking it very easy on him. The injury is not going to be an issue. Probably isn't even an issue right now. He's been back practicing. They've just been very reluctant to use him in games to risk him getting any kind of injury heading into the season. And it does seem like Jalen Warren is getting some buzz to take that number two spot. He's looked pretty good uh, in the preseason action. Uh, what's the word on Jalen Warren? Yeah, he has looked good. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a shorter guy, but heavier. I think he's 5'8", 215, a little, you know, kind of bowling ball type of guy. But he's been he's been a powerful runner. He's been able to, you know, find holes, make decent cuts. He's been really good. Now, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. You know, Willie Parker was an undrafted free agent. Turned out pretty well for the Steelers once upon a time. But, you know, right now, I, you know, I just wonder if the Steelers are reluctant to say, okay, you're going to be our locked-in number two guy going into the season because you just don't know what you're going to get with him. And he did have a fumble in the season opener that, you know, Mike Tomlin said, hey, those are non-negotiable. We can't put up with those type of things. And he's been carrying the football around with him ever since. But, you know, if he, if he can't hold on to the ball, that's going to, you know, keep him you know from getting on the field, that's for sure. I love that, carrying the football around with them. Uh, <laughs> I love that stuff. Okay, well, rounding into the finish in the tight end room here, Pat Fryermuth is a legit big-time NFL tight end. You've mentioned him already, uh, but as good as he is for real football, us fake football grinders are concerned about the type of numbers he will put up for our lineups. He did have almost 80 targets for 60 catches and 7 touchdowns last year, but only uh, just under 500 yards. How has Pat looked, and uh, what's his role in this offense? It sounds like, you know, if he's platooned with Zach Gentry, uh, you know, that could even be, a, you know, a further hurdle to get targets for him. Yeah, I don't know if it would be a platoon as much as, you know, maybe having two tight ends on the field at one time. I think he's still going to be one of their best red zone options. Um, you know, I don't know if the yards will be there because you have so many other guys they're spreading the ball around to. But, you know, they, the one thing he has been known for, and he showed last year and did this at Penn State, is once they get into the red zone, he's very dependable. He doesn't drop passes, and uh, they really liked that about him last year. And, you know, he, had, he was slowed by a little injury earlier in camp, too. But that's behind him. 
And he's definitely, you know, he's going to be, a top, I would think, a top 10 tight end in the NFL. It's just a matter of what the other guys here. I think he's going to get his touchdowns, but I don't know about the yards. You know, he should get the catches and the touchdowns, but, you know, the yardage, he should do better than last year. But I don't think we're uh, trending towards Travis Kelsey yet. Maybe more of a, a DFS play for Pat. Uh, maybe it's going to be a bit, I don't want to say unreliable, but unpredictable when he's going to pop off. Yeah, exactly. And that's if you had Heath Miller 15 years ago in drafts, you kind of know the same thing. When he was on and they were targeting him, Heath Miller could put up points, but then they would go games where he wouldn't do much because they used other guys. And that might be the same thing with Pat Fryer. All right, Joe, I'm going to get you out of here. I have one question left, uh, but it's a bit of a toughie. I'm going to make you put yourself out there. What's your boldest fantasy prediction for the Steelers team in 2022? I don't know how bold it is, but I would say George Pickens has a chance to be the number two receiving option. And as far as most points, on the Steelers offense among receivers. Thank you so much, Joe. You've said it all about this team. Uh, where can people find all your stuff? TribLive.com is where I have my articles and my Twitter is at TribJoeRudder. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe, uh, for talking to me once again and uh, have a great season. Sure. Thanks. Anytime. George Pickens, the hype is real. You are now dialed in.